Good, what is it? Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. So, welcome to another episode of the High End Theory Podcast. It's me, KD, with my co-host. Big KD, that is. Yeah, Big KD in the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's A-Ray here. <clears throat> First, I want to start off with uh, debt cash money versus no limit debate we was having. Uh, the people have spoken, and they agree with me that cash money is the better Ooh. collective of musicians Ooh. and businessmen. That's dead. It's dead. That was I'm just, I mean, hey, I'm just telling you what the people said. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing when I say it, but then when the people back me up, I feel like I'm a presidential candidate out here. Mm. I, feel like I feel like I'm running for office, and people are like, yeah, we're going to vote for you, big dog. Boo, that's dead. Anyway, you're take right, no limit. <laughs> <laughs> take how, no how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? Oh, wait, you even slid in our DM with the, with the, uh, with the, with the, with the no limit shirt on. With the no all. limit shirt. Show did. <laughs> Shout out now to I my got, girl Lisa in Cleveland. She hooked that up. All right, now I got to get a cash way. money shirt to, to, yes. to wear to the club. So I can let niggas know that it's team cash money over here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you, hit her up so you can get you one. Good job. How, how are you doing this? How's this week been for you? It's been well. Yeah. Um, kind of busy, kind of not. <laughs> Call that balance. Yes. Got to be able to balance home life and doing productive shit, you know? Yes. What about I, you? Um, my week's been pretty chill, honestly. I mean, I passed my classes, you know what I'm saying? Hey. On to the next when it comes to the school shit, you know. Hey. I don't reckon me and anyone go to college unless you're getting something out of it, you know what I'm saying? Besides debt. Yes. Boy, college debt is real. I have been very pro not college. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. I've been trying to excel in my career without it. I've yeah. been doing okay. Yeah, I mean, so. the thing about college is, right? <clears throat> college is like this place where they just like gas it up for you. Like, oh, you need a degree if you're going to make it somewhere in this world. If you want to get a good job, you need a degree. You need to, you need to uh, pay. And then they always tell you like, oh, you need to go to this kind of school. You need to go to a, a Harvard if you want to get the best education. Or you got to go to a Stanford. Or you got to go to a USC. Or you got, it's like, you know, they have their top colleges that you should go to if you want to get looked at and all that. But then you look at um college and you just say, well, honestly, I'm spending like, Let's just say ten thousand dollars a year. You know what I'm saying? You go to college, you spend ten thousand dollars a year to take classes and to live there, only to like have to take out a student loan. Then mm-hmm. they're going to tax your loan, or they're going to put interest on your loan, and mm-hmm. all kind of different stuff. Because like when it comes when it comes to affording college, it's like not very many people can just straight up afford college. You know, even with like like uh, having good parents and all that it's mm. still like a crazy expense yeah you, know what I'm you go in like, debt you you do this particular program to get a certificate saying yay i did it and then you come out of it and you have to really pay that debt off for the rest of your life unless you're somebody who like makes so much money you really can afford to put like chunks of money chunk, on yeah it. exactly like who wants to pay a thousand dollars a month yeah for your and you don't even loan. make that, that with that, your said degree and that's the crazy part about it like a lot of people get these get degrees right and they don't get a job in their degree. Exactly. It's like you, you, you spend all this money to get this degree, and you have to work doing something completely different yeah, to make ends meet. Because, of course, college teach you with the yo, we need some experience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like find an entry level job. Even the entry level jobs, like yo, you need this much experience. I'm like, mm-hmm. what, the, what the fuck am I gonna get experience from? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Always, you have to start with yeah, it. Yeah, I gotta start somewhere. Y'all ain't giving me no options for real. Right. So that's like the biggest, biggest college struggle, man. Is you spend all that money, get your degree, and then you can't get a job after you get your degree. Right. And they always tell you, like, oh, the job market is this, the job market is that. But then you go out to look for a job, and it's like. I work with a guy. He's a, a government 
Uh, he has a government job, mm-hmm. and he has a degree in history. Mm-hmm. What do right. you do right. with that? Yeah, random degree. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the second person I've met with a history degree. That sounds like, like, like if you, you want to be a it? teacher. I mean, I can't really think of anything other than teaching history that you would. I mean, I guess they make historian. historians, but mm-hmm. I don't really know what historians do these days. No, like, I you? think it's a lost art. Because everything's yeah. online. You don't yeah. really have to teach people things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, some of the things I hear people get degrees in, and even if you go to college, right? I'm Like I said, I'm not a big advocate of college. I, I go to school because it's free. But even if you go to college, I think you should pick a degree in something that's like you've done some research on. Like, you know the job outlook looks good. You mm-hmm. know they're always going to be in demand. Like, you have to, like, pick a degree that's going to be lucrative. You can't be and because some things you don't even need a degree for. Yeah. Like something like yeah. you don't want to go to school for like fashion design. Like that's that's well, some people they actually need I, degrees in that. I think I don't know. I, the I history just think that, of it, knowing other people who have. Come I agree before. with that, but I think like something like fashion design is such a networking kind of job. It's like you spend money to go to school, right? But you you might know fabrics and uh, all that stuff that goes into fashion. You might already know those kind of things. So you're going to school and you're like spending all your you're going to debt and then you come out of what you call it and it's like if you want to be like a what do you call them like a stylist for someone they're probably not going to be paying you no crazy amount of money well no like the degree at that point well like like you were saying it really just depends on your career field so like i'm not a person who has had to go to college to succeed if you will or to excel in my career i've been doing that just off of my experience alone yeah and finding companies that are like yo we'll give you a chance to show up and then they see what i can do and they're like all right we're gonna pay you what what you say you're worth but there are some career paths where you need education so like even being a creative like a fashion designer Mm -hmm. um while you don't need a degree to create your own clothing line Mm -hmm. Uh, you do need education. So that's where I think a lot of our, our as in melanated, mm-hmm. our businesses fail because we don't have education behind what we do. We only go off of passion alone. And I was talking to a friend of mine who had the same ideals. Like we get out here and we go off of what we've been told we can do well. Like, yeah. oh, you cook, you should be a caterer. And yeah. it's like, mm, but what do you really know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I agree. I don't think that college per se works for everyone. I think it works for some people. Mm-hmm. But when you out here and you decide you want to go to college, pick a degree plan that's going to really excel you and that you actually can learn from and put to good use yeah. with your experience. Yeah, so, versus just getting a degree. So that's kind of what I actually. Yeah, that's a good good point because that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm kind of like like a perfect example, right? If you're into fashion, right, and you know, like you want to design clothes, right, and that's your thing, that's your passion. Just your passion alone is pretty much enough to make you want to research things and learn and stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, though, the point is like the business aspect. You probably don't know anything about running a company or mm-hmm. buying material or where to get material from. You know and how to. Per- promote yourself yeah, like yeah, to put yeah. yourself so, in the right lane where you can get the the satisfaction that yeah, you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that in a situation like that it's like, okay, I'm gonna take classes that are geared towards what I wanna do. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if I was like being in college, if I could like just take the classes that I wanted to take, because it's like, oh, this interests me. I want to learn more about this. Let me take this class. Mm-hmm. Even with like starting this podcast, right? This is like a, a digital media kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And people would be like, oh, well, what you did you were you uh, in school for digital media? Did you do anything? Or did you? I'm like, nah, like literally just YouTube shit. Like I mm-hmm. learned on YouTube. So I think that that's a good thing about like this generation is like 
you pretty much learn anything on YouTube. Like you pretty mm-hmm. much teach yourself anything. I've taught myself a lot of stuff on YouTube, but I also agree with what you're saying. It's like when it comes to picking a degree, you have to pick a degree in something that's lucrative and aligns with your goals. Right. Versus just picking a degree to say, oh, this is my passion. But it has, it has to be like a a few steps, not just, oh, this is my passion, I'm just going to go with this. It needs to be, oh, this is lucrative, it's my passion, and insert other reason that you will want right. to do whatever it is that you chose to do. Right. So I think that a lot of times people just be like, oh, I'm going to go to school for fashion. And then... Well, a lot of people, college too, is not accessible because of how much it costs. Yeah, it's just super expensive. I be and looking at my like my little bill online, I be like, bro, yeah, I couldn't even justify like paying that paying that amount of money, right, for a class that you can go to the library and learn the and same learn, information yeah. if you pick up the books that they have. And even then, a lot of times you you don't really learn a lot in these in class, right? College is like it's like any other education, any other like educational system right you just need to get a good grade to pass mm-hmm. you don't have to learn anything you don't yeah. have to it's retain like any memory. knowledge yeah you don't have to retain any knowledge all you really have to do is get a good enough grade to move on to the next class well you look because you know i'll go deep yeah college is more than just oh i went to school yeah it's to show somebody that you can complete something they, exactly it's it. just it. a part of the matrix that it shows who you're trying to work for, someone that doesn't know you, yeah. that I went to school, I did this program, and I finished. I finished with this amount of GPA or whatever, and now this is for you to justify or for me to justify how much I want to get paid. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of these jobs are go off of, well, who do you know? Yep. And when you go to new interviews, like back in the day, you used to have to have this wonderful resume, and it had to be in such kind of format and with a cover page, and you had to have references. Now, when you sit down, they barely read your resume. They just want to see who you are as a person yeah. and see if you're a good fit for their team. They don't yeah. care about what you can do. They feel like they can teach you. It, and that's all they got. I think most all experience for a job is like on the job. Mm-hmm. You learn the most doing the job versus going to school. And, and yeah. even what you said is like more about networking because like the jobs I've had is come off of like, hey, I know this person. They're going to give yep. me this opportunity versus it's not what you know is who you know. Yeah, it's like I mean my. Even with like someone, when I was applying for jobs out of state with like my with all my experience, it was kind of like, oh, I like have all the experience and I'm applying for these jobs. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll give you an interview or whatever, but it's like we're not gonna give you the job. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know, you, you tell somebody like with this much experience, like no, I'm not gonna give you the job, but no real reasoning yeah. behind it. But I'm like, if I knew someone that worked there, then it's like. So think about that out there. You are planning on working in this corporate world where you have to have a degree and experience to work for these people that own companies, but they don't have to have a degree to own their company. So think about that for yourself and market yourself and put yourself in line with what your dreams really are about and not just go to school because that's what you think you're supposed to do. Don't waste your time. Don't don't waste your time just going to school just to go to school. Speaking of school, you know, like we got the election coming up. Yeah. Um, one of the candidates in particular, Bernie Sanders, a lot of us are like back in Bernie yeah. because he's talking about free college. <laughs> but you think of I, the way I think about it is you open up this lane for free college that's going to be paid with taxpayer money. Yeah. He wants to raise taxes up so high. We're paying, we're giving out free college and everybody doesn't even want to go. And it doesn't guarantee a completion because it's up to the person. Mm -hmm. So we're paying out all this money to make sure that people have free college for what? People pay for college and don't even finish. And also with that is you're not guaranteed a job. You're just guaranteed the opportunity to go to school. And and honestly, that's a, 
I feel I feel like both sides. I understand it, but at the same time, it's kind of like the same thing with like raising minimum wage, right? People mm-hmm. be like, let's raise minimum wage to fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. But when that happens, then what else happens? Everybody raise else raises the, their prices. Exactly, for things. it so raises gonna, the cost of living. That's that's gonna happen. If everybody is if college is free, people are gonna. Uh, raise the criteria for jobs like it's already hard enough to get a job with a degree mm-hmm. so once a degree is accessible to everyone then it's gonna be like mm. then it means nothing anymore yeah, it's like, oh, oh you what? went to college for free so yeah, what exactly. does that mean exactly. now exactly so you might as well go to what's that mcdonald's college and stuff yeah. like that so <laughs> not to not to talk bad about people that go there because that is an opportunity that somebody <laughs> didn't have yeah, and they right. have provided it Definitely. but what i mean is the 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 amount of recognition you get for going to college, if college is free, that means everybody can do it. And yeah. it's not particular to people anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of, honestly, that's like how, I mean, I've, I've come to the realization that life is just about balance, right? Mm-hmm. You need rich people, you need poor people and you need like people in the middle. You know what I'm saying? You're not mm-hmm. rich, you're not poor, but you're, you, you, you know, you're making it. You, yes. and you have extra money to do whatever you want to do. It. Mm-hmm. It's just, you have to have that in the world. Like you, you have to have people that go to college. You have to have people that don't go to college. Mm-hmm. You have to have workers. You have to have entrepreneurs. Like you, it's just a balance with any and everything in life. You have to have some kind of balance for it. Anything that's good, you have to have some bad. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think people realize, I think people just think that everybody's just going to, everybody has the, the opportunity to just be great. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could say that, but that's not the reality of life. Right? It's not the reality. That's like when people yeah. try to skip the struggle. Yeah. Exactly. Like, life is an ebb and flow, just like the heartbeat. Yeah, right. Definitely. You see it goes up, it goes down, yeah. but you're not dead. Right. Yeah. So you can't skip the struggle. Yeah. You can't just, Oh, I'm going to go in this Avenue and I'm going to excel and I'm not going to hit a bump in the road because that's, I think that's why when people fail, they, it It tears them down so bad because they don't put failure in the plan. You don't plan to screw up, but you prepare yourself for that when the plan doesn't go right. Or when you do have some type of failure, which is not real failure. It's just lessons. lessons, Um, So if you prepare that and know, like there are some times where you're going to be all the way up, you might you might hit a rock bottom real quick, yeah. but just prepare and know that you can go right back up. Like yeah. just keep going. You can't skip the struggle. The struggle, the struggle is actually a beautiful place. It's, you need to struggle, but and that's actually actually kind of like what I was saying, right? Balance the struggle. The balance is you're going to struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes everything's going to be going good. Everything's never going to be just all, like even when you think life's at its bottom, it's never going to just always be at its bottom. Correct. You're you're one or two decisions away from like changing the Completely whole scope. Life. And then bringing it back up to the top, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, with the struggle, is like a lot of people. I'll use an example, right? Uh, I mean, and I'm uh, this. This is an example, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But like Jay Z, right? Okay. Okay, Jay Z is this big time rapper, right? Mm-hmm. And a, a guy like Memphis Bleak comes up under him, right? Right. Memphis Bleak has that Jay Z connection, so Memphis Bleak probably doesn't have to go through the struggle of like rap music because Jay Z is right. like his Backing big brother, him, yeah. yeah. So when Bleak isn't successful and Jay Z is successful, it's like, well, why isn't this working for me? It's like, well, you didn't have to struggle like Jay-Z had to struggle back in the right. day. You know what I'm saying? You you were you were in a good position because Jay-Z was the one that said, hey, let me reach out and pick you up, and then I'm going to bring you with me. Mm-hmm. But you can never say, like, well, why does why did my career go to this list? Because, mm-hmm. well, you were spoiled. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's kind of like one of the things. It's like, if you come into something, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing was like Gucci and OJ the Juice Man. I remember listening to Gucci, and he's like, uh, OJ don't want to be in the studio. He don't got that work ethic. He don't want to be in the studio. He don't want to record all the time. Mm-hmm. He'd rather go do something else. And that's because, well, when your homie make it, and you already like, Just well, riding on the coat. Yeah, it's like you, you you, feel like you have that opportunity at any time you need it, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime you got to say, hey, big bro, I'm struggling. Can you help me? And if I'm always like, okay, bro, I got you. I'm helping you. Yeah. Oh, big bro, I need a feature for my album. Okay, here's a feature for your album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, if I'm always giving you something, 
and then it's like you you're not gonna appreciate what I'm giving you in the long run because it's like oh I've, I've given you so much and you yeah. don't have to do it on your own well that's the, the okay so tying into the struggle and talking about the community aspect like you said you got somebody who's bringing you along mm-hmm. you as a person if you're being brought along you still have to provide some level of yeah, you know work ethic yeah um but that's along with community so if we're standing around and we're looking at people doing things and there are things that we want to do but we're not reaching out you know you're going through an unnecessary struggle because it's one of those things uh my aunt used to tell us all the time rest Mm -hmm. in peace she would always say you have not because you ask not like if you have things that you're trying to accomplish and there are people around you that are accomplishing things, it is for you to say, hey, I need a little guidance. I need a little assistance. Mm-hmm. Can you help out? But with that community aspect, if someone is reaching their hand out to say, here, I'm going to bring you along with me, that's when you show up and show out. Like, you know what? Exactly. Somebody took their time to help me out during my struggle. The least I can do is provide a good work ethic. And that's why cash money is so much better than no limit. <laughs> Next. <laughs> That's guy said. Those guys said, "Hey, you're gonna give me this opportunity. I'm gonna take it and run. I'm gonna take the baton and bring home the bring home the race." So, what is the struggle to you? So, to me, I think the struggle is. I'm not sure. I think I think that the struggle is more so the obstacles in in something, right? Mm-hmm. If you're creating a podcast, right, mm-hmm. learning how to use this equipment could be a struggle because you might not be tech savvy or you might right. not be the most technically sound guy. So, you have to put that aside and say, "Hey, if this is something I really want to do, I need to learn how to do this." Right. Uh, money that's a struggle you know you yeah. might want to start something but you might not have the funds to do it so uh as people say like getting ugly like you have to just oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna skip getting a haircut to put yeah. money towards this yeah. or i'm gonna skip eating out to put money towards this yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's like and then also when it don't work you know what i'm yeah. saying if you if you put your all into something right let's just say like you you come out with a mixtape right and you thinking like oh this is the shit this is the best thing that you'll ever hear right mm-hmm. and then you put it out and they don't get the reception that you thought it was gonna get right. that's a struggle because you you might take that and be like well this is pointless now you know what I'm saying I put it's my all into this yeah it's like I put my all into this and it didn't work out and instead of just saying like man what can I do to grow it you might just be like nah I don't I don't want to deal with that kind of disappointment yeah. right because you might have thought that you you were gonna be in a position that you were in because mm-hmm. of networking or because you didn't do good promo you know i agree with and, that and i mean it's because it, sometimes i'm telling you i be looking at like certain people's instagrams and i'm like bro this dude got like a hundred thousand followers I'm like how i'll be like oh, this shit is so boring like or mm-hmm. i'll look at certain like person radio personalities or certain media guys i'm like bro how do people follow this guy and then it's like well somebody's clearly finding his his audience like he has some kind of audience right because right. he has a following right so it's like Instead of just being like, oh, why isn't this me? You just have to figure out, like, how to make it you. Right. Because all this shit is, like I said, is, like, literally a, a decision away. Yep. You, you, you're, it's the mindset, yeah, too. Yeah, you just have to develop a winner's mindset. Honestly, I think even when struggle, you can have a winner's mindset. Yeah. I think you could just. Just the gladiator type, you know, like, to look at something and be like, no matter what, if this is what I say I want. Yeah. Like, when I say I want something, because I don't say that I want a lot. Like, yeah. I want tangible things. But, yeah, like, yeah, when it comes to, like, hopes and dreams, I. I'm just now really starting to hope and dream. Yeah. So whenever I actually come out of my mouth and say, yo, I want something, I'm relentless. Yeah. I, I don't really take no for an answer. Not so much like you can't tell me no, but it's more so like, all right, I got a no here. Where else can I go to get a yes? Get a yes, exactly. What else can I do? And until it takes like for me to really assess, like, why am I getting a no? Mm-hmm. Why am I getting so many no's? Why am I getting so many, um, going down so many avenues and they're not really 
opening up the door for me to walk through it. So obviously there's something that is in the way of that. And it's probably something deeper than somebody's just not deciding to help me or to do something with me. There's the struggle. That's a part of the struggle, having to go through the mental struggle. You can't just walk in through a door. Well, I'm not going to say can't because there are some times where miracles happen for people. But you, it's not very likely that you'll just walk into a door and just take off. Like you have to go through that, trying to figure things out, going through the grind, going through the like the ugly, like you yeah. said. Um, it takes for you to really get down into what it is that you want. Why do you want it? And what are you going to do to get to it? And if you have roadblocks in your struggle, what are you doing that is aiding to your roadblocks? Yeah. Because when it's something that's for you, it's usually just for you. Things yeah, will, definitely. Things will open up. So, yeah. And then kind of like what you go to piggyback what you're saying is like it, it is times where people do like seemingly just open a door and it's like success is there. But mm-hmm. even then, I think like they have some kind of struggle about themselves. Yeah, because like, you can't that, just make you got to maintain. Yeah. It. Like you still. Yeah. 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 So it's like uh Lil Nas H is a perfect example, right? Mm-hmm. He opened the door with this song and it was just huge, right? It just mm-hmm. blew up huge. And even with that was like, I'm pretty sure the struggle for him was like, oh, how am I going to grow this song, right? Because mm-hmm. he had this many, you know, this many uh, followers and this many uh, people who listened to his music or whatever. But then it was kind of like, oh, you know how we're going to grow this? Let's give him some controversy, right? Because mm-hmm. he was trying to get on the country charts, and it was like, oh, this ain't a country song. Right. That made it, That made the song bigger than what it could have ever been. Right. Like, they took a song that had been out already. Yep. They said, oh, no, we're going to take this young black kid, and we're not going to let him be in considered country music. We're mm-hmm. going to... He just, that's hip hop, right? Right. People saw that, and that was the outrage. You know what yep. I'm saying? The outrage is like, it took it to the next level. And then, of course, here you go, Billy Ray Cyrus, a key stable in the country community, mm-hmm. comes out and says, hey, let me help you out, and puts reaches back and says, I'm going to get on the remix. Yep. Jumps on the remix, biggest song of all time. Because the, the struggle was, okay, you're trying to shut me out of this community, so now what? Mm-hmm. And, of course, the people, like, sided with him, and they, they jumped, they, you know what I'm saying, they, they helped him out, and he... Here took it are. to another level so i think man i think that i don't i just think that we don't a lot of times we see people and we don't understand their whole process right mm-hmm. we just see like the end result right you know what i'm saying with a lot of guys we don't some people were on early but then a lot of guys were on like super late mm-hmm. or we're like right in the middle of their extension of the ascension so we're just yes. kind of like oh well this guy made it in a few weeks. But you also, you can't judge someone's struggle because your struggle looked a certain kind of way. Exactly. So you it's have uh, like a artist that is on a platform and they have reached a level of success that they really have desired to be at. Mm-hmm. And then they see people that are around them trying to get on. And it's like, well, I had to struggle too. So yeah. I'm not necessarily going to impart, yeah. um, you know, any kind of help yeah. for you because if I had to figure it out, you, you have should, to figure yeah, it out. Too, yeah. But with that, what they don't know or what they possibly don't know is you don't know what struggles I went through. You yeah. don't know what I went through to even to become what, what I would even consider an artist for myself, or you don't know what it took for me to have the confidence to even ask for help. So like everybody's struggle is different. Don't, don't look at your struggle or look at someone else's struggle and say, well, they're not struggling for real because they didn't have to go through X, Y, and Z. We're all a product of our environments and the decisions that we make. We all got the same 24. So just because you lived here and experienced this here, but you got out of that and were able to do whatever it is that you do, doesn't mean that the person that didn't live the way you lived isn't worthy of the same. Yeah, I agree. 137%. (laughs) (laughs) That's, true, That's a man. direct number. <laughs> yeah, just came first number to come in my head. 
but I definitely agree. I think that we 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 need to struggle. You know, I think the struggle just makes it that much more better. And when you make it, it's like, dang, I went through all this, and now look at me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now I've made it to where I wanted to be for however long I've had this desire to be. Yeah. You know, a lot of times with us, we uh, we have these ideas in our head, right? And then we just procrastinate so bad on these ideas. Mm-hmm. We just, we had these ideas and then we say, oh, I can't, I, this can't be me. You know right. what I'm saying? Or I can't do this for whatever reason. So we just completely just say, well, we can't, I can't do this. So you just let it go. And you you just, know why I say I can't? Why? I had, for a long time, I felt like what I was trying to do was something that other people had already done Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to have because I'm an overthinker so I didn't want to have the perception of well you're only doing that because you saw me do it or you're you're copying off of me or whatever but it took for me to have to get around people to realize like they do even if you do the same thing like even if me and you do the same thing I can't do it the way you do it I cannot produce the exact same thing that you produce. And even if I come remotely close, Mm -hmm. whoever is supporting you and is interested in you, people are interested in supporting me is separate. Or even if they decide to support us both, Mm -hmm. we still can get on. So I say all of that to say as a part of uh, a community mindset, one, don't judge everybody else's struggle against your own. Two, If you're going to pull out your hand to bring people along, recognize that maybe you went through things so that other people don't have to go go through them. Sometimes we're sacrificial and a lot of people don't want to agree with that or uh, take into account that you may have been somebody that went through something so that other people don't. That's not a bad thing. Sometimes there are people who are stronger or smarter or whatever, Mm -hmm. -er, you know what I mean? And, it takes for that person to realize it's not about you. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I think three things, right? One, <laughs> spot on, 100%, right? Uh, that's a, that's really a big thing. and uh, I think that's a big thing in self-doubt. A lot of times we see things we say, oh, this person did this, so why would I do it? Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just Nas there, and he's pretty much like, uh, nothing's new under the sun, you right. know what I'm saying? It's just all about how you present your ideas. Correct. It's like, everybody's like, they're all mm-hmm. all these ideas we see have been done before is just yes. oh you take this idea and you do it this kind of way Correct. versus how I do it this kind of way because energy isn't created it's just it's transferred just, it's just transferred so exactly. when somebody comes up with an idea um, they were influenced by yeah, somebody yeah it's influenced yeah they have so, some kind of exactly yeah. so instead of being like oh such and such is copying off yeah. of me why don't you recognize I'm in, obviously inspiring and encouraging people to do the to same do, things exactly. or so, something that's similar and that's the thing I think that's where your biggest uh like the most respect you get comes from it comes from your your willingness to spread knowledge and your willingness to inspire people because a lot of people they they take this knowledge and they feel like oh i know this stuff so i'm just gonna hold it in my head and not tell nobody what it is right versus spread knowledge you know what i'm saying knowledge is something that you have to have to spread because if you if you have all this knowledge right and you're just holding it in your head. You're not telling nobody. It's mm-hmm. just it's just in your mind. And then you died. And it's like, oh, look at all this knowledge. It died it just with died you. died off. Because knowledge, stuff that you could have spread to help your family, someone mm-hmm. else's family, any family, instead of spreading it, you just kept it to yourself and died with yes. it. Same with inspiration. Spread the wealth. Same with inspiration. If you, if you can inspire people from your struggle or your story or whatever, and you just say, oh, no, I'm just going to keep this to myself. Mm-hmm. Yourself, that's a selfish way to look at life because right. it's what – what do you? I, mean, I feel like you have a, at a certain point in life, you have a more obligation to help others Correct. beneath. Well, I'm not gonna say beneath you, but others like below you and whatever yeah. aspect they may below, whether it be spiritually, mentally, mm-hmm. physically, like whatever. If if I get super strong, right? Right. I feel like I have to help other people get super strong. You know yes. what I'm saying? Or if I get 
if, I, if this shit take off and it's super popular, I feel like, hey, this is a platform to help other people take Correct. off and get, you Correct. know what I'm saying? So I think that a lot of times. That's how we build each other up. That's what yeah. in a lot of other communities, like we talk about um, the Asians and mm-hmm. we talk about the Jewish community. We talk about the Italians, how they have their own separate communities in every city. In every city, yep. And it's like these people get together, they, even if they got to stay in one house. Mm-hmm. Long story short, they, they find a way to get each other on like the movie parasite right so perfect example um homeboy was able to get a favor from a friend to make a couple dollars and when he got on he brought his whole family on now how the demise came about (laughs) was different yeah but they had a lot of things that they had a hand in that caused their demise but the point is uh if you get on and your people around you not on while it's not your requirement to save everyone, it's very difficult to see people who are on and the people around them are not doing anything at all. Yeah, because then you become a honestly that's just make yourself a target. If you have yes. all this all this money, all these jewels, and then you come back to the hood and you you come back in there and then you just there, you know what I'm saying? You're not mm-hmm. giving out anything, you're not coming to show love, you're just coming to come. It's like well, not even now, like on a bigger perspective, not so much just handing out. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to cultivate the lives of others? Uh, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yes, pay a bill here if you can. Yeah. Help help somebody out here if you can. But what are you really doing to show people how to give it and get it on their own? Yeah. Like, what is it? Teach, uh, Give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Oh, teach, yeah, a teach a man how to man. fish, yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll eat for life. He'll get you with the gems. You know, just so. Like, <laughs> the gems on. So you... If you know how to get to something, you should be showing other people how to get to it. Exactly, because you just if that's because you know people do all this talking about like building generational wealth mm-hmm. and how you should how I mean it, it literally this is the worst thing I hate about like I don't want to say black people but just people in general is like when tragedy strikes everybody's all positive for a few days everybody's mm-hmm. all oh we need to stop doing this to each other we need to we need to take this person's blueprint and we need to do this, this, and this. And then like three weeks later, something else has entered our mind and we just like, oh, yeah. fuck all these niggas. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When it's, it's over become, with. Or it becomes like, oh, I'm only focused on me and mine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's just it, like the whole mind state changes because, of course, during tragedy, it's easy to just say whatever. And you might actually be feeling that way at that moment, but right. if it's not a consistent feeling and it's not a feeling that you put action towards and it's just like, well, what's, what's the point of even saying anything about it, you know? But that comes, to, like you said, the big word there was consistent. Yeah, and a lot point. of us are inconsistent. Um, I'm not going to stand on top of a soapbox today. But the crazy part is we have so many, <laughs> I, I know people have so many ideas, right? But they're just so scared to act on it because they don't think it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Like they just think that it's, it, this can never be me. But I mean, if you look at literally every person that's made in this world, they've been pretty sure they said, this can't never be me. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, I'm going to take the risk and look at them. You know what I'm saying? They they took the risk that they had to take and now they are on a, a whole nother level of yep. where they need to be. Where they need to be. And I seen a thing about uh, kind of what you were saying when it's like you see somebody else succeed on something. So you're kind of like, oh, I don't think I should do this. Or I don't know if I should do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, if that's your dream, you should always go with it, right? Yeah. Because if you see someone succeed in something, and then, because there's some people that are opposite. Right. And some people that see some people succeed and say, oh, wow, they made a big rap song. Yeah. Now I'm about to try to make a big rap song. Right. And then it's like, well, that's not your dream. So yeah. you're literally trying to, you just seen something that worked. So now you're like, oh, this might work for me. So when it don't work for you, then you have to understand, like, bro, you, didn't put the, you probably didn't put the work in because that's not what you really wanted. You just seen the work with somebody else. Seen somebody else and was like, oh, I'm going to do that too. So I got a question. I got an answer. Tying into what we just 
talked about when you are in front of greatness or when you are around greatness what does that mean for you like how do you respond so when i'm around people that i consider to be great mm-hmm. i'm more of a, like a sponge right okay i want to i want to listen you know what i'm saying i i try to do a, as least amount of talking as i can right i mm-hmm. just want to like pick ideas pick people's brains and i want to hear what they have to say you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying because you know uh i try not to listen to rappers right because i consider rappers to be great but at the same time they're a lot of things they say just don't fit my my mindset, right? So I try to stay away from what they have to say. But when I'm around greatness, I literally just say, "Okay, let me see what I can learn from this person." Right. Because greatness for me is like even my some of my homeboys like they're great in certain areas I consider to be, and they're better than me. So I'll be like, "Oh, let me see what they have to say about this," mm-hmm. or I'll be like, "Let me pick their brain about what they have going on right here." You know what I'm saying? So I think that's I think it's two types of people. Okay. Right. What? I think when. You got people that get around greatness and they do, like you said, like to become a sponge, mm-hmm. to become a student mm-hmm. of some sort. Like I recognize this person is great in this field. Mm-hmm. Let me sit up under them and get as much as I can if they're willing mm-hmm. to give it. And then you have some people that get around greatness and it turns into, well, why are you so great? Yeah, see, I don't, what makes you think you're great? Yeah, I'm never going to ask that. Because most of the people are great. They have like a, a resume. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing, too, right? It's when it comes to being great. Are, is someone else saying that you're great or are you are you telling saying that you're great? Because if you're the kind of person that has to to has to has to mention like, oh, I'm so great. I'm so this. I'm so that. Then chances are you're not the greatest person in the world. Right. You're not that great. If you're the one that has to constantly attested your greatness. Now, if someone else is saying, hey, you're a great person or this whatever you did is amazing. And your 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 greatness is because of this. Then it's right. different because. Right. It's one thing for you to consider your own self great because we probably all think our own selves is great. Correct. But then when someone else is like, oh, you great at this, then it's like, okay, well, I could listen to this because someone else is saying like, oh, I'm great versus me just hyping myself up. Because, yeah. you know, hyping ourselves up is what we should do anyway. Right. Greatness is, uh, it could be relative. Yeah, it could definitely. be subjective. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, or relative to what it, like a particular field. So mm-hmm. greatness for a basketball player is going to look different than greatness for uh, a music artist. Exactly. Um, greatness for um, someone who works in the hotel industry is going to be different than someone who works um, in, in their writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, you yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> greatness is uh, relative. But like you said, like, if you get around somebody who's great or someone you believe is great, soak it up so you can be great, too, in your own right. So other people can compliment and be like, you know what, you're great, too. It's not so much like, oh, I need to... It's all about your own level. Yeah. What is it that you want for yourself? Agreed. Why do you want it? Agreed. <laughs> and what are you going to do with it? Yep. What are you willing to do to get it? What are you willing to do to be quote unquote great? What do you consider greatness? What mm-hmm. do the people around you consider to be great? What is greatness in that field? Also, uh, I agree. And then chase after that and don't accept anything less. I agree. So y'all go out there and be great. Be great, everybody. A hundred percent. Another thing about greatness, right, is... Um, let me see. How can I say this? Uh, I hate when I can't put things in the words. Like top five <laughs> most difficult thing in the world. But whatever, I'll come back to it. But okay. it's just it's just a thing about being greatness, being great. Where it's like, it's just like a, a certain level that you are at, and mm-hmm. it's like you really attain this level. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure on that path of greatness, you experience so much self doubt. You've right. experienced so much. So many people telling you, you can't do this. So many people telling you, you can't do that. Or not even so, pe- pe- even when it comes to support, right? One thing I've always said is, 
having support from your peers and friends is super dope, right? Mm-hmm. I'll never, I'll never say it's not good. It's, it's not what's called, but the goal of anything you do is like to reach the masses, mm-hmm. to reach the people that aren't necessarily your friends and family. It's like right. to reach the billions of people in this world who are like, right. dang, this is this, almost eight billion people in the world. Yeah, it's like this is a good product that they putting out, and I want to support it yeah. because it's good. Because most your friends and family are gonna pretty much naturally support. You know what I'm saying? But the real, like, the real constructive criticism comes from, like, those strangers who don't know us, who mm-hmm. don't know who we are, who don't care about us. They just, like, they don't, they don't, they don't care about our egos, right? They yeah. don't care about our pride. So no. they're not going to sugarcoat how they feel about things. They're going to be like, nah, that's some bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and everything isn't from a hating standpoint. Yeah, like, there that, are definitely. people that really provide constructive criticism, and then there are people that provide criticism that you may not necessarily feel is constructive. Yeah. But that doesn't make them a hater. I agree. So everybody is not going to agree with everything that you do. The support that you're getting um, or the support that you're lacking from people doesn't completely turn them into a hater. I agree. Um, Everybody ain't with what you do. Yeah. And And they don't have to be. It's the expectation of it. So what is support? You know what I'm saying? Like you said, it's about the people that are not around you. Yeah. Not to say that the people around you their support is not important because it really is. Those are the people that kind of lift you up. But when you don't receive it, um, it's nothing to feel bad about Exactly. because it's all about what you expect. If you have a high expectation of the people around you to support you just because they know you, you're kind of selling yourself short. Because then if they don't support you, you're going to be in your feelings. Completely. You're going to be upset. You're going to be Really upset, crying, cussing, fussing. And I used to be that person. Like I used to, when when I, like my friends do music or whatever and when, one of my friends would put music out and then everybody didn't support them. Right? I'd be like, yo, why y'all not doing this? Why y'all not doing that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, that's who, that's who you kind of expect it from. Yeah. But then once I realized like, okay, yeah, like I said, having support from your peers and your friends and family is great. But at the same time, that's not like the end all be all. Correct. You need support from the billions of people around the world. Right. If you really want your, 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 your uh, whatever your product is or whatever you're creating to move, mm-hmm. that's what you need. You need the support of people in the world that you don't know mm-hmm. who and even even when it's like it's a certain kind of support even when people are criticizing you right mm-hmm. because like you said it's 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 different levels of criticism it's hey i want you to get better criticized and then it's like hey i hate you and i hate everything mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you could you could tell the difference between the two relatively easy if someone's and like even if you do hate it that's your perspective yeah, exactly and that's the point that's why i say it's like it's a it's a it's a it's a level of support because you like you could be like Oh yeah, I don't really like it because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. It's like even when people put out albums, right? People could be like, "Oh, I don't like this song because of, oh, I don't like this album because of this song, this song, this song," right? right. But then they, another person would be like, "Well, I love this song, this song, and this song." Mm-hmm. So it's like both support it. It's perspective. Yeah, it's all perspective. It's right. like they, they, people had two different opinions based on what they heard, and that's what it was. I mean, right. you know, you hear people talk about the baby and how he like just keeps making the same song over and over. But people but like that. people clearly love it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> There are people. There's a market for that. It's like no matter. How, and if you're a person that that doesn't get with it, then that's just what it is. Yeah, and then, like I said, I, I think what makes it what what we would consider a hater in particular is not necessarily somebody that doesn't support something. It's how they go about it. Like if you exactly. have to walk around and tell everyone that you don't like something yeah. and that you don't support it, then that's kind of like. You could have kept that to yourself. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's all about how you dis, dis voice your displeasure with something. Yes. It's like if you voice it and you're just like that's something that you constantly can't stop talking about. Like, I hate this nigga. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And it's like okay, you might be a little, you might be you might, hating a you might bit. be a hater. Yeah. Yeah. But if you just be like, nah, I don't like this this album because of this song. This mm-hmm. song. It's like okay, well, 
Or you could even say, I don't like the album because it sounds the same as every other album. Yeah, or it just, you just don't vibe with it. Yeah, that's a fair it's, criticism. It's fair criticism. Yeah, but when you're like, oh, fuck your kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> People take things too far sometimes. Yes, they do. Like, fuck your kids. Fuck your girl. Like, I'm like, bro, why are you even coming at me like this? Yeah. So another thing I wanted to ask you about, right? Mm-hmm. We have the NFL combine going on, right? Mm-hmm. And you have some pretty strong opinions about um, the combine. Yes. And comparing it to the slave trade. Yes. So I'm kinda, I want you to expound on that a little bit. Okay, so my father was a football coach okay. coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And I was, I've was i always been around football. I've liked it. I've supported teams. I've not supported teams, whatever. Who, so who's football. Your, who's, your, who's your NFL team? I don't have an NFL team. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to say the Cleveland Browns. Um, I have never been a Cleveland Browns fan. I and understand I'm, why. I'm going to be honest with you. I was very adamant about not being a Browns fan. <laughs> but now it's like on the other side of it, that is my home team. Yeah. So I don't necessarily bash the Browns like I used to because I thought it was cool to do that. It was. But <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible. No, nah, like I don't have a, a particular football team that I support, but I am from Cleveland. Shout out to the 216. And um, I would be considered um, – I guess a Browns uh, representative, if you will, if I had to, I I don't, I don't support any football team right now. So that's what I mean. But anyway, um, so I've been around football for a long time. I do understand that I can watch it. I don't have to ask a crap ton of questions. Mm -hmm. And I say all that to say, I'm not giving an opinion from like somebody that just doesn't watch football. But when I look at the combine, um, the purpose of it is to, promote your skills so that you can get picked up at the end of the day no matter you can come up with all kinds of fancy definitions but it's really just to put on display what you can do so that you can go work for the team that you desire right or to get into the league um but when i watch it and you see these coaches and these officials or whoever these people are Mm -hmm. that are like taking all these notes it just looks real slave trade for me. Like I need to pick the biggest, strongest, yeah. toughest, perfect. You can do X, Y, and Z so that you can make me money. I don't yeah. like that. So I, I just I don't I don't like that it's on display. Yeah. So I, I understand the importance, but I don't like that it's on display. So I have honestly I have a similar opinion. I'm only the only difference I will give is okay the. The only difference I'll say is, oh, these guys are competing to make millions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at that aspect, it doesn't look like the slave trade, right? Mm-hmm. Because, but even then, it's like, well, you're making millions, but someone's making billions, right? So, even in that, it's like you're going to go to a team and you're going to get a nice, probably you're going to get a rookie contract. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're going to make, you have a cap, so you're going to make this much money, guaranteed or not guaranteed or whatever it is. At the end, the owner's still going to make billions of dollars. Like it's going to be... That's what I'm it's saying. It's billionaires. Like people are being made billionaires off the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. Another reason I think it's a slave trade, I was reading this article a few weeks ago, and they were talking about like some of the evasive questions that they ask these players, like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, is your mom poor? Or how, did your family have money? Or is your mom a prostitute? Like, they'll ask some really invasive kind of questions, like these scouts and stuff at these combines. They, off, they ask these questions, and it's like... For what? And, you know... Uh, uh, like one of the things, I, like sixty. To see if you come from good stock. Yeah, well, yeah. To see where you come from, honestly, because you know they think that a lot of times when you're a college player, these like, uh, uh, first of all, the NFL is like 69 percent black. Mm-hmm. So majority of the players in the NFL are black. Mm-hmm. That's just the bottom line. And a lot of times these black players come from these under underprivileged neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. it's like pretty. How, how, how desperate are you to get into the NFL? It's right. kind of like what they think. It's like. 
And you know, you can gauge that kind of stuff, right? If if I know that your family's poor and they're not making no money and they're depending on you to make it, right? Mm-hmm. I can play your I can play with your money a little bit because yeah. you're you're desperate at this point. You know yep. what I'm saying? You're the you're the saving grace of your family, like. Mom's been poor all her life. Uh, siblings been poor, mm-hmm. so you're the one that can change all that shit by signing this contract, right? Yep. So it's like if I'm asking you these kind of invasive questions and learn about your past and where you come from, if I do choose to draft you, I can say, oh, okay, well, hey, we'll give him this much money. We'll give him a million dollars a year for his first three years and see what he does and see what he does. Yeah. And that's what I don't like. Like, and, it's, and, and I'm not inter- involved, so I don't know what they do or what they don't do. Yeah. But it's presumed that. These players get into the league, they get these contracts, mm-hmm. and then they are not taught how to manage the money. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's they're what they want you to do. To, yeah, yeah, it's like they want to, want to yeah. and that's why I'm like that's the slave trade. Not because they're not getting paid yeah, they want or they're not being money. compensated yeah. for what they're doing. It's like, let me pull you in so that you can make me money, and when you're done making me money, I don't care what happens to yeah. you. And and that's the, that's the, so this is the thing, right, about NFL Really, almost all sports leagues is like uh, players are expendable, right? Mm-hmm. If you are a guy like Antonio Brown, is a perfect example, right? He was a, a amazing receiver, right? Mm-hmm. One of the best receivers in the league. You could argue best receiver in the league, right? He done did a bunch of like personal not smart things, right? And now it's like he can't get a job in the NFL, right? Because mm-hmm. the thing is. For every opportunity that you blow, it's hundreds of guys waiting for that same opportunity because mm-hmm. they want an opportunity to showcase their skills and to prove that they're good receivers. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get a payday just like you were trying to get a payday, you right. know? So it's like it's it's a league where you we have to be pretty much like a goody two shoes, you know what I'm saying? Because right, because you, you have to operate a certain kind of way to keep getting your money. Yeah, because if if because if they see the same with these guys and all this like stupid ass domestic violence, you know, putting their hands on their ladies, just mm-hmm. uh, or getting caught with 150 yeah, pounds, like, yeah, like drugs, <laughs> gun, like. And unfortunately, that's like a, a it's very black, you know what I'm saying? It, it, of course, it's special cases of white players and other ethnicities doing this kind of stuff, but it's it's typically a black thing because you're taking guys who never had anything and you're giving them bunch of money and you're saying hey good luck go out here and live life you know what i'm saying hey have a good time <laughs> and, and you better do what i say do or yeah. else you're gonna suffer consequences yeah i was listening to uh shaq shaq was on uh dang, i can't remember he was on podcast and i was listening to him shaq's my favorite player of all time right and he was talking about how like when he first got his contract in orlando he said first no he said he didn't care where he got drafted because wherever he got drafted he was on ball but he ended up getting drafted to orlando mm-hmm. he said the first thing he did was took his uh grandma to uh florida and said hey pick a house any house you want bought her a house Went and bought him, like, a, I think he said a Rolls Royce. Bought him a Rolls Royce. Then he pulled it up to the house. His dad was like, where's mine? Went and bought his dad a Rolls Royce. Then his mom was like, where's mine? Went and bought her a Rolls Royce. And he said he took that million-dollar check, and he was at $400,000. Went went to the bank, and the guy was like, hey, you're spending the money at a crazy amount, a crazy rate. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to sustain like this. You're like, right. you, you still have to pay your manager. You still have to pay these all these other people around you. So it's like... That's when he said that he wanted to get smarter in money. He wanted yeah. to be a smart in money management. Like he said that he been he's been presented with a lot of deals, but he didn't take them because they weren't the right deal. Right. And he's pretty much given a, a explanation of like why he's been so successful or why he's taking the, these deals versus this deal. Mm-hmm. He's like he went with like the general auto because when he didn't when he couldn't get insurance when he first bought his car he couldn't get insurance with anyone else the general insured him so he's like well when they gave him opportunity he's like okay well yeah y'all have my back so I know I can speak highly of y'all company because. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all had my back when I couldn't get insurance from anybody else. So it's kind of the thing, you know. The NFL has opportunity to where they could put financial advisors in these mm-hmm. locker rooms and 
therapists in this locker room. It's like so many different things the NFL could do, but they don't do it because because they know that they these players are expendable. There yeah. are more people, like you said, and standing in line. Do. There's more money to it's be like, made. It's like if I can get three years out of you, right? And I'm only paying you a million dollars a year, and then you come and say, "Well, my rookie contract's up. I've been producing at a very high level. I want twenty million a year." It's like. If you want to go, you want a nineteen million dollar raise a year because you play good for three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, say less. It's like you could figure out a way. All right, I'm not gonna give you the money. And then what? Well, you find a team that's gonna to give you the money, or you lower your your price, or you just, it's just so many different, so many different ways that could go. And it, a lot of times, it's not gonna work in your favor mm-hmm. because these guys are only paying certain positions. You know, like quarterbacks get paid typically. Certain linemen get paid, defensive players get paid. You're not really paying like your running backs no crazy amount of money because people already look at like the life expectancy of an NFL running back to be a few years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You think that? Uh, and that's another thing too, like the wear and tear that yeah. you're that you're putting on your body yep. um, at at what expense? Yeah. Um, to play the one of the greatest sports ever, to play out your dreams, to take care of your family and yeah. do things. That's a beautiful thing. So I don't downplay people who want to play for the NFL at all. Like, yeah. I'm not saying, like, that's a horrible thing to do because yeah. it's admirable. And it's, it's it's a dream come true for a lot of people. Definitely. But it's the institution itself yeah. that's like, mm, I don't like the way y'all have it set up for these players. Y'all are not making sure that they have their basic necessities. Yep. If you're unless, – unless there are teams that do, unless there are people in place that do, or unless you get around people who have the ability to pour into you that way – just overall, I just think the combine itself yeah. is real slave trade-ish. Yeah, I definitely understand. <laughs> like you said, it's like, hey, get out there and run and jump. Yeah. <laughs> How high can you jump? Yeah. How fast can you run? And then, the crazy part is a lot of that stuff doesn't mean anything when it comes to like the actual game. It's like, okay, you can run fast, but what does that have to actually do when it comes to putting on pads and mm-hmm. adding contact to it? It's like, okay, yeah, you ran a 4-2 in the combine, but when you go on the field, if you can't do the same thing with – pads on and with people running at you and you know what I'm saying it's like mm-hmm. so I honestly I've always thought the combine was just like a, a a waste of time you know what I'm saying I get why people it do it and I get why but it's I another just, thing for them to make money they make money off yeah, the combine exactly that's it that's all it is it's like a, because I mean they come up with some of the weirdest things one of the like the top rated quarterback they're like oh he has small hands it's like no, this nigga just threw for 50-some touchdowns <laughs> in LSU and won national championship, and you can fuck like his hand size. It's yeah. like, man, some of the things that people come up with is just like, mm-hmm. okay. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I, like you said, it's just, it is slave traders, and it's honestly pointless to me because these guys are, they 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 make their worth on the field. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, a person may just not be good at workouts. They might not, they might not have the same intensity and they might change. They might completely switch when it comes to game time. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, that's just the, the reality of the world. But I don't know. I kind of agree. It's real, real slave like, Let me put them on display and show my homeboys what I got in the arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> look out there on that green field and look at that black boy running all that. He's going to, he's going to make me so much money. Like the dude from Get, <laughs> like the dude from get Out running late at night. And right. Yeah, like, bro, what, what you running for? How can you run a route? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like? So, yeah, that is my opinion on the combine. I think that yeah, slave tradish. Very slave tradish. <laughs> So, what are you listening to these days? I was about to go ahead. Honestly, I'm in this rough patch with my music listening. I've been listening to the same things over, over and, and over and over again. And, over again. and I'm, I'm about ready for some new music. Um, 
I've been listening to a lot of Galant, of course, because I'm addicted. A lot of who? Galant. Oh, yeah, Galant, that's your people. Yes, he is my favorite artist, for real, for real. And his first album, well, no, his, yeah, his first album, Ology, because he's got some um, EPs before that, but Mm -hmm. um, it's my favorite. So I was listening to that on repeat, of course. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I haven't really listened to anything new this week. I'm okay. in a weird spot. Oh, but I have a, I have a game I want to play. Okay, what's up? What's okay. the game? I name an artist, and okay. you tell me your favorite song. Okay. Or, or album, project, whatever. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm rocking with it. All right. So, I know you love Outkast. Yeah. What is your favorite Outkast song? My favorite Outkast song has to be... Man, this y'all changing so much. But today <laughs> it is... Right, today. <laughs> At this point in your today life. Today is Equimini off of the Equimini album. Okay. So it's like a. How does that affect you? Uh, so to me, uh, so Andre Thousand always been like the one of the best storytellers ever when it comes to rap, right? And people have always like, not want to give him his credit because they say, oh, he's in a group, so it's easier for him to, to um, it's easier for him to have dope verses because he doesn't have to carry a whole project. He just mm. has to carry his verse. And yeah, I w- I've always thought that was the, the dumbest thing in the world. Super debatable. But anyway, uh. Yeah, he did some he did some dope storytelling in this in this song. That's one. Two, a lot of times people sell Big Boy short. They say like, "Oh, Big Boy is the weaker link outcast." I'm just no, like, really not, not even close. I'm yeah. like, Big Boy is like they're just so different. Yeah, I'm like, Big Boy had them bars. Who can compare them to. So when I hear Big Boy and Andre Thousand both on the same song, and they both like just they just really match each other so well on that song. Yeah. It's like it's a beat switch on there that's hard. The hook is hard, and I don't know. I just love it. It's okay. one of my it's amazing. So, Outcast, Equimini, the yeah. song Equimini off of the album Equimini. Yeah. You guys should listen to that if you haven't heard it before. All right. Top five best uh, albums ever. What is your favorite Benny the Butcher? Benny the Butcher. Oh, you know, I love Benny the Butcher. Right? <laughs> so, Benny the Butcher has become a, a very, very important rapper in my favorite rappers. Um,. At first, I wasn't sold on him. I had listened to a lot of his stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, he's dope." But I like West Side Gun. I like Gun. his storytelling. Yeah, I had like I had like West Side Gun way more than I like Benny the Butcher at first. So, Benny the Butcher's my favorite Benny the Butcher song has to be "Cry for Kings" okay. off of Plugs I Met. It's him and Black Thought. Yeah, that is a really and good song. and you know I, Black Thought doesn't usually get out rapped, but I think Benny the Butcher might out rapped him. Then that one just depends on who you asking. Depends debatable. on who you asking. Highly debatable, <laughs> but we're not gonna debate that right now. It depends um, on who you asking. <laughs> if you your ask me, favorite Nas song. Oh, Nas's uh, favorite Nas song has to be. Well, my favorite. I'll do Project because it's easier. My favorite Nas project is Illmatic. Uh, it's like the first time I ever heard Nas rap for real, for real. Like mm-hmm. I heard like. Uh, what was the song he had with Diddy? Hate Me Now. I heard like Ether. I heard like certain Nas songs here and there. But then once I got old enough to like go back and listen to a lot of this New York rap that I missed out on, Ill Matters was one of the first first things I listened to. And at first I was like, that's cool. I didn't get why people like held it in such a high regard. But when I re-listened to it, I like tried to put myself in the time. I was yeah. like, yeah, Nas was really like talking some crazy shit. And he was only like 20. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, was, he was like 19, 20 when that came. I'm like, dog, for a 19, 20 year old to have that mind state is like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. 
And then, of course, like DJ Premier's on there. Like a lot of producers who I look at, like, like gold now around there back then. I'm like, hey, these guys really been around for a long ass time. Right. And then uh, I like short albums. It's like 10 songs, 30 some minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got straight to the point. He got straight to the point, man. He just, from like from the opening little line where he was talking and shit, he was just like, let nigga know, like, hey, I'm 19 year old Nas and right. this Queensbridge. I'm just like, all right, Nas, we'll talk your shit then. <laughs> kill that shit. And he did some dope story on that too, because, uh, can't think of the name of the song, but he has a uh, a song that he's like talking. He's like writing a letter to one of his friends in jail mm-hmm. and telling about all the shit going on in the hood. And I was like, "Dang!" Like niggas was really rapping because you know back then people was rapping, but it wasn't like, like they, it was kind of like like uh, it wasn't like storytelling like like as deep as Nas was. Yeah. Like Nas was deep with the storytelling and the the introspective raps. And like I said, people were doing it back then, but. It wasn't as big as as I thought it to be today. Mm-hmm. So, yo, man. What's your favorite, since you're a Cash Money representative? Oh, yeah. Trash. Uh, what's Hater. your favorite Lil Wayne song? Uh, favorite Lil Wayne song or is project. Hustle of Music off Carter 2. It's yeah. my favorite song because it's Carter. a very relatable song. You know, uh, we all want our... our uh, well, a lot of us want our dads to see where we're at in life, see mm-hmm. the kind of great moves they're making. But he might not just be around, you know. So, <laughs> so, so I'm not a, laughing at that. That's not a, funny. <laughs> oh, that's an empathy laugh. I laugh because you laugh. A, <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> you listen to that on a late night, come over from the club, you might be a little tearjerker. You know what I'm saying? You might be like, Speaking of tearjerkers. You might, be, you might be like, I'm out here killing it, dad. You're not even here to look at me. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel that. Speaking of tearjerkers and songs that bring out emotion, what's your favorite Drake? Oh, man. That's hard. That's, that's so tough. I'm, I'm a huge Drake fan. He can get you in the feels. So. Quick. <laughs> Being that bitch like, oh, bitch. You're supposed to love me. <laughs> oh, you triggered. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah, Big KD is upset. <laughs> We're not going to listen to Drake after here. Being a car mad as hell. Like, oh, bitch, you said you loved me. You said you was going to put the keys in the. Let me see. I'm, let me go to my Drake catalog. I think my favorite Drake uh, song, Surviving Love, comes off of um, one of his consider weaker albums which is uh views which people some people shit on it uh feel no ways that's it that's okay. my that's my song okay. yeah i'll take i'll take feel no ways feel no ways yeah shout out to drake cool. get good good balance of it. actually he got some new music out he uh dropped a quick little two-pack it's actually uh more of a video i don't think he it's on like streaming yeah i don't think it's on streaming it's a video on uh i see it on youtube and it's uh Chicago freestyle and something else, but he he flipped the song cry sample, Jay Z song cry. Mm-hmm. He flipped that sample into a song, and then I was reading somebody was saying that like on uh, the Chicago freestyle, he kind of does this little Eminem flow from a uh, Superman off uh, Eminem show. Oh, that's a classic. Eminem yeah, song. yeah, yeah. So people were like, oh look at Drake showing love to the. I mean, he went to Marcy and everything in the video on one of them. Like, Speaking of that video. Did you see the clip of it on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, when he was making it. real, yeah, real paranoid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel him. <laughs> the video don't look like that, though, so I mean, who don't knows? Don't go places you shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think Drake got like that. I think Drake can go anywhere. I think Drake got a hood pass to go pretty much anywhere. He was so nervous, like, yeah, checking that show. Like, yeah, he's probably like, man, he's, I mean, you just never know. I feel like, I feel like. <laughs> I'm being judgmental. I feel like you always got to be on the defense, man, especially because, I think it's a show love, but you're in Marcy. I mean, right. people be like, Marcy Projects is one of the worst projects you can go to, so you gotta always be on defense out in a place like that. 
But yeah, shout out to Drake. And y'all listen to his new YouTube video or whatever it is. <laughs> what else you got? Um, what is your favorite Mary J. Blige? Oh man, Mary J. Blige. What's the 411 is definitely the best Mary J. Blige album to ever come out. Oh, honey, no. That's no? the beta ball. What are you going to say? What, like, no more drama or some shit? You either can go with My Life. Oh, My Life. No, I'm going with the 411. Or Share My World. I'm going for What's the 411. Boo. Okay. I mean, it's classic. Don't get I mean, me we, wrong. We're we talking can, about Mary J. Blige. Oh, it's active people. You know what I'm saying? I had right. my back one time. I don't, I don't foresee them letting their president behind. Have you listened to My Life? Probably haven't, I haven't heard it in a while. Okay, so if, that I mean, makes I, the difference. I can run it back. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll give you an honest opinion on the next week. If it's better, I'll tell you. My it's life. But what's the four on one? Is this? Okay. Well, vintage. I've asked you what yours was, so I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah. That is what you are. Yeah. Interested. Don't make me get my people behind you. <laughs> Same people. That love we can things. we can go we can go about that this week. I mean, let's talk about Mary J. Blige, her best project, yeah. and see what the people have to say. And when they say what's the four on one, and I win again. Just, I you know, say my life. What what year is it? What year is it? Twenty twenty. Katie for twenty twenty four. Katie for prez. Vote me. Vote 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 your local big Katie in for president. Favorite Mary J. Blige. Oh, we just said Mary J. Blige. Favorite Missy Elliott. Oh man, Missy. The rain. Out of all her, out of all her songs, the rain, the rain always gets me in the mood. When I hear the rain, I be in that bitch. Dead. Doom, doom, doom. I be killing it. Right? I'm trying to I contain be, my be, laughter because right, I be about to whip out my notepad and yo, let me. I got a quick 16 for the rain. Shout out to Missy Elliott for the classic dog, bops because that killed, that is a timeless song. Dog, she killed the rain, like killed it. Beep beep. Who got the keys to the Jeep, dog? No. And then, and then, you know what? I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't appreciate that when I first heard it, right? Mm-hmm. But now I live in Virginia Beach. I'd be like, beat, beat. I mean, like I'm driving to the beat. Like I can relate to all that now because I'm out here living it. <laughs> I'm living Missy's raps right now. I can let it be raining. I can respect that. Let it be raining. Let it be I, raining. Listen, and I'm, you need to go to the beach. Listen, when Missy, do was, you have a Jeep? No, I don't have a Jeep, but listen, Missy was spot on because when you driving to the beach in the rain, niggas be niggas be driving crazy. So you got to hit the horn two times. Tell me you ain't hit the horn two times driving. You gonna hit it two when you go to Virginia Beach later. You gonna hit the horn at least twice, and it's not even rain outside. Man, you gonna think about that? That is a lost. Telling you when when it be raining outside and you trying to get to the Virginia Beach, and let it be some people out there driving crazy. Beep beep. Who got the keys to the chali? Like, <laughs> I guess I'm laughing because I'm surprised. I, I, it nah, came rain. out of nowhere. I didn't nah, even know you. No, nah, the rain. That's it, man. Missy killed the rain. That's a, that's probably like top ten female rap songs ever. Missy killed the rain. <sighs> I'm gonna listen to that shit in the car. Um, do you listen to SZA? Oh, no, vaguely. I'm not a big SZA fan. Okay. I did like the album she came out with, though. People really. I think that was. I think it might be a classic. Yeah. But even then, I like that. Uh, what's that broken clock song? Yes. That's the, that's the shit I like on the album. Yeah. yeah. That shit be having you in the feels. It does. Yeah, that bitch. Kick you right in the feels. Yeah. All I've got is you be in that bitch getting it in. <laughs> yeah, you guys ain't know I'm a singer in my spare time, but I'm not gonna give you any any melodies today. Mm. Cause you gotta pay for these. Right. <laughs> All right. One more. Come on. One more. One more. 
Something's brewing. Something's favorite Sade song or project. Oh, uh, Kiss of Life, my favorite song. That that be having me. That be having me going crazy. Insert the claps. Yeah, that be she be, she she be having okay. me. Okay, Kiss of Life. Something. Yeah. <laughs> You want to sing real bad, yeah, don't I'm you? Trying, I'm trying to hold it in. Right, because you know? people got to pay for that. People got to pay for these Can't balls. give it up for free. You know what I was listening to earlier this week? Uh, the Gym Class Heroes. I the US love college. Gym Class Heroes. So, I went back and listened to short uh, story about Gym Class Heroes. Moved up here or moved down here to Virginia in 2007. Uh, one of my best friends moved down from Maryland. And uh, she was like, let's go to a concert. I'm like, I'm with it. Mm-hmm. And it was at the Norva. It was the Roots Right, the incredible Roots Band, by the way, amazing. And Gym Class Heroes and Estelle opened, and we saw them three big names for like thirty, thirty-five bucks at the Norva. Gym Class Heroes set was everything. Yeah, look at my girlfriend. That's my song. I love Gym Class Heroes. They're gone. Where are they? That's why I was just I was looking. Gym Class Heroes, where are y'all? Yeah, where'd y'all go? When I was looking at um. I was looking on Apple Music and I'm like, where? Like, when's the last time they released music? And it was like, they ain't released music in a while. And I was like, dang, they just really just said. Yep, Gym Class Heroes. That's a that's an old bop. That's a throwback bop, real quick. For the people yeah, that have never heard Gym Class Heroes, go ahead and uh, check that out. As, as cruel as school's children is what I was listening to. They, they this was an amazing album, man. Yeah. And they had that song with the dream, the cookie jar song. Yes. Oh, <laughs> the Gym Class Heroes, they was great, man. I. I don't know where they decided to go, but that's what I was listening to this week. And what else was I listening to this week? Uh, some some like hood shit. Young Nudie from from Atlanta. I'm a big fan of his. Mm. He came out with a tape. It's pretty pretty dope. Okay. And uh, Lil Baby came out with his album, and it's pretty cool too. I'm not the biggest Lil Baby fan, but he he did his thing on there. You know what I'm excited for? Speaking what? of what we're you know music that we're listening to. Mm-hmm. I have been listening to Revenge of the Dreamers. Oh yeah, big yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Revenge of the Dreamers. Dreamville Fest is yeah, coming. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Revenge of the Dreamers. Oh, Young Nudie's on Revenge of the Dreamers. Um, That's why I spoke. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Hope, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you pull up, yeah. man, because he killed yeah. that. Uh, I'm his, real excited. His, his little guest spots. So hopefully you pull up. Yes. You think they're going to come out with new music before, or you think they're just going to go off of what they already have out? Well, so many of the artists that are attached to the label have their own projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, it's, well, first of all, it's April 4th mm-hmm. in Raleigh, North Carolina at Doretha Dix Park. Dorita I went Dix. last year for the inaugural year, so coming back oh, this yeah. year is What's, year two. Oh, yeah, yes. okay. yeah, so I'm really excited to go you're, to that. You're our uh, resident festival killer. <laughs> right now, all the festivals and all the you know what all last the concerts. Year, I went to a lot of festivals. Yeah. I went to Roots Picnic, um, Dreamville Fest. I went to Did you go something, something in the, in the yeah. water. I went to um, Afro Punk in Brooklyn for the all second year the in a row. Um, and I feel like I'm forgetting something. Would you ever go to Coachella? No. No? Why Why would you go to Coachella? It's like, isn't that like the... So, the, my, my reason for not going to Coachella is, mm-hmm. one, um, there are a lot of artists that I've already seen. Mm-hmm. So, I always gauge my festival prices on okay, yeah. who is there and what I, what, would I be willing to pay to see that person with that amount of money by themselves yeah. if it's the big name. And I've seen everybody from Beyonce to Rihanna mm-hmm. to 
Freddie Gibbs, mm-hmm. the Snow Allegra. Like, I've seen all the artists that I want to see. Mm-hmm. So I don't justify paying that amount of money to mm-hmm. get to California, to mm-hmm. find somewhere to stay, and try to do a, a festival of that magnitude. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, okay. That makes yeah. sense. So, but for other people, if that's the experience they're looking for, I'm pretty sure it's a really good experience. Yeah, I have a friend that went and he was just telling us about all the crazy shit that went on out yeah. there. And I was like, ah, I, I low key wanted to go to a Coachella, but I, I don't really want to go anymore. I'm not good festival with uh festivals like that where because you know people like sleeping tents and shit out there. Like, yeah, they be like, I don't have time for that. Yeah, doing all kind of like psychedelic drugs and shit, I'm pissing cool. and shit outside. Yeah, I'm cool. Like living like you're a real life. Um, you pay all this money to live it's like like a, the New Age Woodstock. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. cool with that. Yeah, I don't have time for that, man. I always feel like. My 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 um my anxiety won't let it happen. Yeah, but this year I wanna I'm going Dreamville. Yeah, I don't know about something in the water. Um, just because the the magnitude, the amount of people that are gonna be there. Yeah, it's gonna um, be crazy. I have PTSD. I'm gonna be honest about it. Yeah. I don't mind being uh, transparent about that. Yeah. Um, last year it was a lot. Yeah. And seeing that this year is probably gonna be more, and it's gonna draw a big crowd, of even the people that don't have tickets. Yeah, I just be. don't know if I can. So was the all the people that are gonna be there? I've seen them all. Were they good with crowd control last year? Um, last year it was it was real. It was handled very very well. Okay. They had it fully thought out, and okay, I think that's yeah, why that's there good. weren't any instant. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you know, there was any kind of violence or anything like that. So, um, and shout out to Pharrell for bringing that type of uh, vibe here to the yeah, 757 because it was it's definitely the refresh that this area needed. I'm not even gonna lie to you. If Missy comes and does the rain, I might have to go. Well, there. she performed last year. Did she do the rain? If she comes back and does the rain this year, I <laughs> might have to go there. <laughs> I will go to something in order to see one act perform yeah, one song, one act. and then um, I'll just leave. If I do go this year, I'm definitely trying to get a VIP ticket. I don't want to do general admission. What's the VIP offer with a um, like festival like that? And I haven't done all the research, but from what I observed last year, they have a completely different seating area. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so the not entrances just... was really a big thing because you had to walk through the sand. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that as a turnoff because for some people, I, another transparent moment, I have really bad knees. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't, I can't do all that walking and yeah. stuff. <laughs> and standing like, nah, bro, I'm out here dying. So... <laughs> All for the culture, like, mm, no, but I, um, if I do go this year, I, uh, they have, like I said, different entrances, uh, different restrooms, stuff like that. The access is different. So, like, um, last year I did general admission for every festival and concert that mm-hmm. I went to this year. I'm not doing anything less than VIP. Oh, yeah. So, for Dreamville, is definitely VIP. Stepping it up a little bit. I don't yes, like it. it. I like so, it. That's my take on festivals. If you have never been to a festival and you're really wanting to see what it's all about, go ahead and set the money to the side and invest in yeah. trying to do a different experience, see something different. Um, if you're into music um, and you want to support your favorite artists, it's always a dope, dope experience. And if you're not sure like how to gauge, just think about what you're willing to spend on ticket prices for people. If you're someone who's interested but you've never really done concerts, you don't know what the price gauge is, um, my rule of thumb, um, it's all about the experience. So when I go to concerts, I don't plan to sit in the nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. I want to go and watch it instead of having to watch it from a screen. So yeah. I'm willing to pay $100 for a seat. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to pay over that if I want to sit in the first five rows. I'm kind of bougie about my, my yeah. experiences when it comes to concerts. Yeah. So for other people who are not necessarily wanting to spend that kind of money, um, an average good concert, if it's seated, 60 bucks, 70 bucks will get you a decent seat. Um, Go ahead and spend a little extra. Treat yourself to have a good experience, I suggest. Um, and then, again, when it comes to festivals, just decide on how, how many artists are going to be there that you actually like their music. 
Um, are you interested in learning new things about new artists that you've never heard or never been interested in? Yeah. And then, um, look at the ticket prices, see if it's something that you can manage and, and, Put, put a little money to the side. Try something new. Yeah, it's Get tax season. Put a, little, put a little tax money to the side. Oh, goodness. Just, I haven't even filed my taxes. It's a big fear of mine filing my taxes. They're going to be like, oh, you owe this much? I'm going to be like, all right. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll just hold off the next year. I need to file mine so I can go quick, and get me some crab legs. Quick story. <laughs> quick, 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 quick story about why I hate uh, some of my friends. And I hate. So, <laughs> and this is just, you just brought up a transfer moment when you were talking about like seeing your favorite artists and shit. Mm-hmm. When Outcast was on their little uh, reunion tour when they was doing all the crazy cities and shit, mm-hmm. uh, me and my friends had talked about going to see Outcast. And everybody was like, oh, no, we're not going to be able to go see them because we're going to Vegas. So, we're probably not going to be able to make that. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm not going to buy a ticket. I'll just spend my money in Vegas, right? So, long story short, I go to Vegas, come back. The day of the concert, they're like, hey, yo, we got tickets to Outcast. I'm like, you motherfuckers. Aww. And then my homeboys wanted to go see Outcast without me. And they were just know posting. What? And that's a testament as to why you don't like, wait for people. Yeah, fuck, if you fuck got people. something you want to do, yeah, just do it. Just do it. Even if you go by yourself. I, just, all them concerts bro, I went to last I, year. I would I have went to see Outcast by myself. I don't even need to go with nobody. I would have definitely wanted to see Outcast by myself. I did go to some festivals with friends, mm-hmm. but like. I will drive. I drove all the way to Charlotte to go see Freddie Gibbs by myself. Yeah. I drove all the way to Raleigh to go see uh, the Dreamville Festival by myself. Like I'm, I'm not yeah. waiting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, to get a, my life that was, a, that was a valuable lesson. That was a valuable lesson. That shit really broke my heart. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Outkast in concert. I probably and never get one, the chance. And again. we probably will never get. The probably chance. never get a chance again. But if I do get the chance, I'm taking. It. I don't care where it's at. That's I think our concert I'll pay. I think if for. you're willing to spend money. For experiences, if you're an experience-driven person like that, and you're willing to spend the money, go ahead and do things. Right, go ahead yeah. and do what you want to do. Don't wait for people, and don't get hung up about the things you can't do because other people around you don't have the funds. If you have the funds, and you can't, if you can't support them coming along with you because you don't want to go by yourself, then you need to figure out what you need to do to get there because. Too many people are missing out on things that they don't get a chance to do because of other people like me. Yeah. Big KD learned a that's big, a, big that's lesson. A, that's a perfect way to end this podcast. <laughs> oh, give out your socials, man. Tell them where to follow you at. You always put me on the spot. Yeah, I mean, you got you to you you okay. let people know. I'm on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at the art of the vibe underscore A-Ray. And you can follow my business page at A-Ray's room. It's A-Ray's underscore room. Mm. Big moves being made. Yeah, How's the website going? It's, it's in process. Everything's okay. coming along. Okay. We're taking our time. We're not trying to rush. I want to do this right or what I believe to be right. Yeah. What's, what's going to make me happy. So we're taking our time and um, it's coming along great. Thank you for asking. Good job. Follow me. Theartofvibe.com. Theartofvibes.com. I like it. Mm-hmm. Follow me on Instagram at... KD major underscore. I need to change that to big KD. I'm tired of <laughs> these little niggas trying. No, I'm just uh, playing. <laughs> I'm gonna change that soon KD though. major underscore. And follow the podcast on and Instagram. Follow the podcast at is it uh, the underscore high underscore theory underscore something like that. Uh, the underscore high underscore and underscore theory. There you go. Is see, there an underscore after that? Because I could be wrong too. That's what I was trying to. That's what I was trying to. What's it called? Uh, we keep it real right here. We don't ever try to fake it for you. Oh, yeah, okay. Sometimes we know. Sometimes we don't. Okay. For clarification, all right. This is it. the <laughs> underscore high underscore and underscore theory. That's it. No, yeah. no more underscore. So now you won't forget it. <laughs>
Follow put, us. We're going to put that in the description. Yeah. All right. And hey, check man. out our episodes. We got more to give y'all week by week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. There you go. Yeah, I forgot every to say week. that. That's, that's gonna, those are going to be the days we drop we're gonna drop every Tuesday and Thursday. So, uh, you know, give us a listen. Listen to some of this great content. And, of course, we want your feedback and constructive yes. criticisms. And if you have anything that you want to, you know, Want us to shout out on here? About, yeah, yes. let us know. We'll we'll take that in consideration, and we'll we'll speak about the things that you guys want to hear about because you guys keep us alive. Indeed. All right. Good seeing y'all. Hey, have a great week. All right. Now the high end theory, y'all. We're out.